Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit hopechurchmemphis.com. Today's message comes from Senior Pastor Rufus Smith. So we continue our series on Give Me a Minute. You said that, haven't you? Give me a minute. What we're asking for is undivided attention. And so as we look at this idea of prayer today, I want to focus on prayers of healing today. Prayers of healing. And find some instruction in the Word of God. Now here's the sermon in a sentence. God is gracious to heal without prayer. God is gracious to heal without prayer. But he is more gracious to physically and spiritually heal through faithful prayers. But he is more gracious to physically and spiritually heal through faithful prayers. The question is, do I need common grace or do I need super grace? Common grace is what God gives to every creature. As Jesus says, he lets it rain on the just and the unjust. He lets the sun shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. But more grace or super grace is reserved for those who are faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I need something more than common grace. Prayers effectuate the much more grace of God in our lives. And so let's read this passage that James gives us. Is anyone among you suffering? He should what? Wake up the person next to you. Remind them that this is a, not just a monologue, it's a dialogue, all right? Is anyone among you suffering? He should. Mm-hmm. Is anyone cheerful? He should. Sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church, and they are to over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. If he or she has committed sins, he or she will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. That's our word today. The prayer of a righteous person is, a very, is very powerful in its effect. William Temple, the Archbishop of Canterbury in England, born in 1881, answered his critics who said, prayer is a matter of luck and coincidence. To which William Temple replied, and I want you to hear his quote. William Temple said, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. I like that. In other words, the more I pray, the more coincidences happen. The less I pray, the fewer coincidences happen. 
Prayer is a mystery and a means of grace, just like electricity is a mystery and a means of grace. We don't really understand the mystery of electricity, but we use it. It is a means to deliver light and power. And what we have to do is flip the switch. And when we, as an act of faith, flip the switch, then this power is available to us. So it is with prayer. It's a means and a mystery of grace. And what we do is flip the switch when we begin to converse with God and communicate with God a whole nother power from an invisible order of reality begins to operate in our lives. And so I'm going to truncate or cut short this sermon today because I want us to pray collectively more than we do in a normal worship hour today. So I'm asked our team if they will show you points four and five first, because I'm not going to get to them. I'm only going to get to three, one, two, and three. Now I'm showing you this because you'd be surprised how many times I'll get a note that says you missed a word <laughs> or you didn't. Yeah. So that won't be a problem today. Uh, all right. Show point number four. Write it down for those of you, it's important. Anoint with all and pray for spiritual and physical healing. I'm not going to get to that today, but you got it in your notes. Got that? Number five, ordinary people should ask for extraordinary miracles. <clears throat> we won't get to that part, but James right after that talked about Elijah who was a righteous man, not a perfect man, but a righteous man. And he said that those prayers from righteous people who have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, their prayers are very effective. Ordinary people can pray extraordinary prayers. But here's what I want to talk about before we pray collectively. Point one, there are three questions in this passage but the same answer. Three questions, same answer. Same answer is communal prayer and praise. Communal prayer and praise. Community prayer and praise. Note that James is writing to the church and he says, is there anyone among you, you plural, is there anyone among you that is suffering? Anyone among you that is afflicted, anyone among you that is merry or cheerful or happy, is there anyone among you who is sick? This is communal prayer, same answer, come together in communal praise and prayer whenever possible. That's three questions, but really one answer. Now. Three basic types of sickness, temporary sickness we all have, and it passes. It could be um, a cold, RSV. Um, how many of you have had COVID and recovered? I have. Uh-huh. That's temporary sickness. God has designed the body to have a certain healing process, and it passes. But then there is uh, treatable sickness, but it alters lifestyle. Treatable but alters a lifestyle. That would be diabetes or 
emotional uh, health or um, hypertension. It's treatable, but it's going to alter a lifestyle. It could be broken bones or something of that nature. Treatable, but it alters a lifestyle. Then there's terminal. When doctors, uh, those uh, who are skilled, have said, we've done all that we can do and we prepare to exit in eternity. All of us are going to get sick. Why? Because sickness is a result of original sin. Not personal sin, but original sin. The original sin of our foreparents, Adam and Eve, unleashed on the world this idea of sin that brings death, and most of us will die of sickness if it's not some other mean. Most of us would die of sickness. Sin is the cause of every sickness. It's the cause of every death. Sin weaves every shroud. Sin nails every coffin. Sin uh, digs every grave. All of us are going to go that way. James notes that there's one answer when we are suffering, when we're afflicted, and when we're merry, and when we are sick. That is communal prayer. Sickness. Then he gives us another. Sickness will cause these three things, at least it does for me and many that I know. It will cause me to stop and look up. And then it will cause me to look in. And then it will cause me to look around. Whenever there's sickness, it causes me to stop and look up. You know, every time I'm sick, it's an unwanted appointment. I'm always in the middle of doing something. I don't have time for this. I got places to go and people to see and things to do. But sickness has a way of stopping you and causing you to look up and contemplate your relationship with God the Father. It has a way of causing us to look within and to remember our own mortality, that this world is not our home. It causes us to look around and to be thankful because I promise you, somebody is always worse than you. So sickness has a way of stopping us to look up, to look within, and to look around. So here's what James says we ought, we ought to do. Medicine and prayer both take faith. Did you know that? Medicine and prayer both take faith. God created them both, and they take faith. It takes faith for me to take medicine that I don't understand. How many of you have had surgery? Do you know it takes faith to have uh, in the character and the skill of medical professionals to have surgery? I've had one surgery in my life 15 years ago. I had a hernia repaired, and one of the physicians in my church in Houston, Dr. Mike, uh, was there, and he performed the surgery, and the anesthesiologist was near my bed, and I remember him saying, count from 100 down to zero. I remember 89. And then I woke up four and a half hours later, somebody saying, Pastor Smith, can you hear me? I don't know where I was for four and a half hours, but by faith, I put my life 
in the character and skill of medical professionals. The same is prayer. James is saying, when you are suffering or when you are sick, put your faith in the skill and character of an all-powerful God. So he says, how do we do that? This is my last point before I ask us to pray communally. Act by initiating the call. Act by initiating the call. Here's what James says. If there's any among you that's sick, rely on the crystal ball of the pastors. You'll know it. Is that what he said? No. He says, if there's any among you that's sick, to do what? Pray and then call for the elders of the church. That is community leaders. It's a communal thing. Some people, I frankly, get upset when they don't get a call from the church or a visit when they're sick or ill. I promise you, if that is the case, more often than not, 99.9% .9 of the time, we don't know. You have to ask and initiate the call. If you're not in a small group, a smaller community group, a Sunday school group, a life group, a service group, when that happens to you, initiate the call because that is when you are showing your faith in prayer. I'll give you this. If James had said, but he didn't notice, when you are sick, pray and call for the doctor, that would be more easily done. But we got to make sure we don't have more faith in the skill and character of the doctor than we do in the power of God. I can call on him the moment I'm sick, and then I should call on others to pray with me. So he says, pray with me. Let me close with this story. I love this passage in Acts chapter 12. About that time, King Herod violently attacked some who belonged to the church and executed James, John's brother, with the sword. You know, James and John were uh, disciples of Jesus Christ. So he killed James, the first to die uh, among those 12. And when he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest who? Peter, I'm gonna wipe out this leadership. And during the festival of unleavened bread. So after the arrest, he put him, Peter, in prison and assigned four squads of four soldiers each to guard him, 16 persons to guard one man, intending to bring him up to the people after the Passover. And so Peter was kept in prison. Ah, but the church was praying. How? Fervently to God for him. Communal. When Herod heard um, about, when Herod was about to bring him out for trial that very night, Peter, bound with two chains, was sleeping between two soldiers while the sentries in the front of the door guarded the prison. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell, striking Peter on the side. He woke him up and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. 
When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's grasp and from all that the Jewish people expected. Watch this. And as soon as he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was called Mark, John Mark, the author of the book of Mark, where he, where many had assembled and were It made a difference because the ears of heaven are especially attuned to the prayers that come up out of the community of faith. Can you imagine? While Peter was in prison, the church knew that they could activate divine power and they assembled together and they were praying together. Paul reminded us last week that our individual prayers are not always enough. We need others to pray with us. And so I want to call us to do that here today. We prayed for Harvest Church, and I want us to pray for something else. You got a bulletin? Anybody walk in with that? Take it out if you would. Wave it at me. Wave it at me. I want you to do something special with it. Tear off the perforated section. Tear it off. And if you have a health concern, would you write it down and let us know? This is not any other prayer concern. This is a health concern for you or a loved one. Write it down. At the end of worship, if you don't mind it being put on our prayer list, then you can put it in a basket that'll be in the back or take it to the connection station so that we will have a record and can pray with you. But if you have a health concern, write it down. Let us know so that we can pray for and with you. And then here's the second thing I want us to do. The second thing is I want us to sit for a minute and pray for our city. Pray for our city. I've been in several meetings this week with city officials, faith leaders, and others. And in anticipation of a video to be released regarding the death of Tyree Nichols, our city officials are rightfully anxious and fear that there may be mass protests. Let's pray for the unity of our city. Pray for peaceful protests. Let's pray for our mayors, our police, our sheriffs, our district attorneys. Five officers who were involved, they need prayer too. Let's pray for the Nichols family. And let's pray for unity shalom in our city it makes a difference so my challenge is twofold if you have a prayer concern regarding healing if you're sick or ill let us know write it down put it in the offering basket and those of you who are watching online you can do the same and let us know so we can pray with and for you There'll be people down front 
in this far, my far left and my far right, as well as on the landing by the cry rooms and others who will be available to pray with you if you have a sickness. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Openizing, musical worship director. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcast. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship service, visit our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.